Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is Sus. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. They're long and prosperous. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. An admirer of all things space and robot-related. Artist, sculptor, podcaster, cuddlebot. It's Jay Chris Campbell! Yay! Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I'm so What's happy up, to be man? Here. How are you? How have you been? <laughs> You know what? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be on here. I'm glad that we uh, got to put this together, that you asked me to come on because I am a fan of Star Trek. And it's nice to know that other people I know are fans of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a couple of times and I've had a couple of surprises of folks in my life who are just, wait, you're a Star Trek fan? Really? Oh, okay. Well, sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> it's well, weird to, you know, it's not like Star Wars. You see everyone with shirts on, which that doesn't tell you the degree of Star Wars fan there really are. It just means that Walmart sells Star Wars shirts, you know? Exactly. So, <laughs> but if you see someone with a Star Trek shirt on, then you're like, okay, they are fan. They have opinions on Kirk and Picard, who's the best. You can get into that. You can do exactly serious stuff. And so you've got kind of, you could go pretty deep on most, if someone's wearing Star Trek paraphernalia. You know? Yeah, it seems like, I mean, you know, uh, George Lucas and all that stuff back in the day. I mean, they really leaned hard on the mark on the marketing. But, you know, it's funny. It's funny that Star Trek has been around much longer. Yeah. And the the apparel and merchandise isn't nearly as prevalent as Star Wars. That's an interesting yeah. that's an interesting uh, thing. I mean, because. Of course, it's just not as hip, you know, it's not. Yeah, Yeah, you're absolutely right. It doesn't have all the the sexiness of even though they tried to, to, you know, put it in there. Actually, you know what? I will say it does have the sexiness. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to because you think about it and it does it. But then you're like, okay, the first series with Kirk. I mean, that was just every other episode you okay. know <laughs> so part of alien culture is uh, right skimpy, skimpy outfits absolutely yeah and then you're like okay well as you progress well seven and nine is in there later on like oh sure. in the later so that's the last that was voyager right that's the yeah, last yeah yeah that was actual and then I haven't watched the new stuff, but I guarantee that it's got some sexiness in it. So yeah, maybe I think it is sexy enough to yeah. have Look, appeal to everything. Science and technology and culture uh, education, very sexy. All of agree. Them, very, very sexy. 100% agree. <laughs> let's, let's back up for a second. Where I was trying to think the other day where we first met. It had, because 
it, the funny thing is, is I think we met at Heroes Con in Charlotte. I, I think that I feel like that's it, but I feel like I met you before then at Maybe. some some Greenville art event. Well, that's the funny thing is uh, something we got really well acquainted at Heroes Con in Charlotte, but we live in the same town. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, it takes that a, l- a lot of times for a bunch of my friends. It's like, I just see them there and they live like 15 minutes away, yeah. but we, we only see each other once a year. That's our yeah. designated hangout time, you know, exactly it's you get- on the book. Someone else makes that appointment for us. You know, it's like, yeah, no, here it is. we don't have to struggle to align anything. It's Friday, like right Saturday there. and Sunday in Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina in July. Like that's when we hang out. That's it. It's set. It's this it's, it's go time right there. So, so yeah, for- I think I feel like I don't know if you came to like a free comic book day, perhaps mm-hmm. at Richard's might have been. Yeah, it feels like or maybe a Greenville con or I felt like something. I briefly saw you somewhere before I saw you again at Heroes Con. Were you so. working out of a out of a space on uh, Pleasantburg Drive, close to Sunshine Bicycle Shop? I feel like you were based in there somewhere, or had a there's, shop or a something. <laughs> there's that. That's where. Um, oh my God, Borderlands is right there. So um, the comic book shop is right there. Okay. Well, no, oh, no. Uh, You're saying Pleasant Bird. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I don't know why. I was thinking Great Escape is that. And we're just gonna talk Greenville stuff. <laughs> Welcome to the I Love Greenville <laughs> the podcast. Other, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and where bicycle shops are located, there's one on Large Road. Yeah. It's called the Great. What's called the Great Escape? It used to have a giant bicycle on the top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, that- no, I wasn't located in either places. <laughs> Um, I didn't work out of dumpsters of either one of those places. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, so uh, for fan, for folks who are listening, you're uh, the blanket title of artist, but your, your primary medium is, or your primary well, subject I, matter nowadays yeah. is robots. <laughs> I do robots and space related things. You know, I kind of opened up to just, space and science but i do a lot i do draw tons of robots um and i'm a graphic designer uh pretty much for my job so i do graphic design and illustration Mm -hmm. and then for you know when i can do comics or or just ridiculousness i draw and make art and things like that too so pretty much anything that pops up that i'm like oh i want to do a print made out of foam and make some rocket ships uh or i do christmas ornaments and just i'm all over the place but mostly it's uh uh robots science fiction um topic stuff i do some monsters too so this is such a it's such a fun (laughs) style i've always i've always enjoyed like i mean there's you know and art is different things for different people but i've whenever i looked at your stuff i'm like man that looks like fun that looks like so much fun (laughs) yeah it's it's weird too to be i don't know how it happens really (laughs) i kind of know but it's weird to be in spaces and people walk up on my stuff like it's an anomaly you know it's like this is weird this guy's smiling and drawing happy robots and what is 
is this world that he's come from kind of thing, which is great. But to me, it feels like that's the correct thing to be doing. You know, it's like, (laughs) how come there's not more of me sitting around here? What was, uh, and I mean, you don't have to go into specifics. You don't have to put anybody on blast, but you go to conventions a lot or you did until everything got shut down. Um, What's the, what was the oddest person to be placed next to? Was there ever like a really hard turn to like the very next booth? That is a good question. <laughs> oh man, there's so many good ones. Uh, I mean, cause it's like, weird too, because you get placed by some strange people if they're not paying attention at all. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, that's a good question. Well, I know there was folks- this one time I was right next to like this t-shirt guy and I don't even remember where this is at. <laughs> and it was like the ultimate vertical marketing technique, like to the ceiling, like oh, they yeah. had perfected, like, <laughs> oh. so you have like this giant, massive wall right like there wire, that, that you're wire right. Yeah. Wire mesh right there. So you've only got like one side basically to kind of, right here is just the backside of that guy's wire mesh wall. And, and uh, so that was kind of, uh, it, it was, wasn't fun, I guess. Cause I, I'm not going to talk to anybody or anything. It's just this, you turn and you're like wanting to look around. It's just a giant, gigantic. Thing. You know, there's oh, yeah. 25 different uh, Japanese anime shirts or something right there. That's funny. But, What's uh so more specific. So how long have you been, uh, how long have you been, how long have you been arting? <laughs> I have been arting a long time. <laughs> I, I realized that I have been arting at uh, conventions, quote unquote, since I was a little kid, probably like seven, because my mom went to craft shows and she would make dolls and make uh. all kinds of stuff to, cra- to sell at craft shows. Well, she also made ceramics. So she had certain ceramic things that she would let us create and paint and make. And so I had like little, there was this specific Volkswagen that I had that I would paint it different colors and stuff and we'd fire them. And so I had those and there's these gum holders that were like cats that held gum and there's weird, weird stuff. Um, so yeah, I did that. I think there was some sort of, I can't remember the ornament because we would do tons of different stuff as a family. So somebody would end up like, this is, I've got that Volkswagen. <laughs> That's mine. I'm paying Dibs. all of those. Dibs on the Volkswagen. <laughs> right. I'm going to so, retitle this episode. Dibs on the Volkswagen. <laughs> Dibs on the ceramic Volkswagens. Um so, I, yeah, I just realized that recently that that was actually, you know, even though it wasn't me standing there like I'm the artist, I was participating in selling things that I created. So nice. That's cool. So it's, yeah, it was fun. That so, was it. I was actually like I did Hill Skills. I think they uh, the um, we still have it here. Holiday Fair. OK, yeah, um, yeah. I did some of the earliest holiday fairs that we had in the area. So wow. So um, yeah. so you're you're a few years older than me, if I recall, correct? I was born in 83. Yes. I'm okay. a few few years. <laughs> okay. Just just a few. Didn't want didn't want to just a just wanna, couple. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to throw it out there, but like 
Um, so I imagine, uh, well, growing up, what was your, what was your introduction to Star Trek? Was the, was it the original series? Oh yeah. It was the original series for sure. Cause my sister had the, um, this will date me some, uh, my sister had the Megos. So the original Star Trek Megos. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the place that, that I don't know if you've seen it, but you put the figure in this little, uh, back of the place up and you push a button and it spins, spins. yeah yeah oh, and so he teleports because he's gone you know it's like exactly oh, he's gone <laughs> um so she had those and i was definitely fascinated with that spinning magic thing and then you'd see star trek on tv but for some reason i did not like the the star trek original as much as i liked lost in space i guess because lost in space was funnier oh okay you know? yeah yeah so was- when it was on i would watch it but the original star trek for like a little kid is kind of like it's a, it can be a little dull it's, <laughs> it's, it's dull yeah 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 the uh it's weird because i was watching one recently with with spock and he said something that was so dry and everybody on the set the way they took it was so dry and i was like we'd laughed out loud it was a joke it was written in there as a joke but like in the future apparently you don't laugh at spock's jokes it was hilarious it was during the halloween episode of the original star trek and these witches come out it's like and they do this thing and they're like don't go blah 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 and they do this little rhyme and so they disappear and Kirk turns to Spock. He's like, Spock, comment. <laughs> he said, Very bad poetry, Captain. <laughs> Spike. <laughs> oh, and they're funny. all just look around like, okay. And he's like, Well, what else do you think about? <laughs> they just. And I'm like, oh, that was so good. Oh, God. It was so good. That's so great. I'm sure there's stuff in there. Very bad poetry. My wife just came in and wrote that down. Very. That's what he said. What's Very your take? Bad Very bad poetry. <laughs> so I'm sure there was stuff in there that, you know, if you paid closer attention, maybe they would be funny. But there was no cues that that was, you know. Yeah, there's been there's been a, a couple of a couple of instances where looking at the episodes uh, across a couple of different series, original, next gen, and um, you know, and a few others, where it's just kind of like, okay, I know you guys are shooting in Hollywood. Did anybody think to go down to the comedy store and be like, hey, any comedic writers want to come write something. for Star Trek? <laughs> right? We just need a little punch up. That's all we need. We just yeah. need a little punch up. Even the end jokes on that original one where they're just like, like the only thing that can make that scene funny is that that horn going oh, yeah. whatever the wobbly music is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's been times where uh there was an episode where data, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of episodes where data tries to understand jokes and that tries to understand humor and whatnot, but like there's one where he specifically goes into the holodeck, sets up like a comedy club and tries to learn stand up comedy from Joe Piscopo. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. You've been great. As a matter of fact, I'd like to take you all home with me. Unfortunately, I took the last audience home and there's no more room. <laughs> Boom. But thank you. Really. Thank you. 
Hey, and thank you for bringing me here. As a stand-up comic, it is so painful to watch <laughs> to watch Joe Piscopo do yeah. this Jerry uh, this Jerry Lewis ish yeah. bit, and it's like, oh my god! It was it like you guys, like vaudeville and you yeah, guys know Jerry you had you guys know you had Whoopi Goldberg like, <laughs> on set, right? Like. <laughs> right there she could have called anyone and be that she didn't want to do it oh my god like billy Billy crystal robin williams oh yeah got them on man anyways i guess they just said we have a budget for a comedian for this much (laughs) and they just scraped the bottom of that barrel out and there he was well, yeah, I, I have a feeling like somebody came out, uh, like uh, some like PA came in and was just like, I heard Joe Piscopo just got released from county. <laughs> yeah, let's go get send, him, a, send a cab. Drive him here, pick him up and drive him instead of home. You think like, drive C- him here. You think like CBS like paid his bail and that was like a condition <laughs> of his bond? That had like, been, I don't There okay. had to been some backroom something. <laughs> somebody's uncle's aunt owed somebody something and it's like well we got it this is where we're gonna get him in on star trek because yeah we gotta do it it's it's that or you or you know some writer was super jazzed and was just like so here's so here's what's gonna happen he's gonna go into the holodeck and he's gonna learn stand-up comedy from wait for it joe piscopo like they're all like (laughs) No, I would imagine from the writing, everybody was like, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> He's <Fantastic>. hilarious. <laughs> you have your that's green, the jokes. You have your green light, sir. That's the jokes. What did you think of next gen? Because a lot a lot of folks closer to our age tend to be next gen kids, but I've right. talked to a few people who were like hardcore original series and they're like ah, i didn't really consider picard to be star trek until much further down the road like where did you fall on that i mean when next gen hit you're just like oh i remember the ads for it being just i was just so pumped for that to pre uh premiere and like seeing it come on and like okay this is this is the way star trek should be they tried to do it when they couldn't do it really before right is what it felt like, you know, it's like, this is it. And they're going to use computer graphics and they're going to do all this fancy stuff they couldn't do before. And all the makeup's going to be amazing. (laughs) 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 The Klingons will look better and all that. So, um, yeah, so I was jazzed and I loved it. Um, I'm trying to think of, cause I'm coming off of, you know, you, your star Wars that all of that just, amped up space adventure for you and then tv wise you've got battlestar galactica and Mm -hmm. buck rogers buck rogers for me was like the one that was like okay this is my space tv show nice so i was so excited to have that and so comparing buck rogers tv show to all the rest next generation is just amazing yeah especially when you start getting into it like fifth season and you're just like they're dropping they're dropping science in on these things and you're just like ah (laughs) yes well it just seemed like well and i mean there's been a few instances where you know people's retirement gigs from nasa was like i'll work on star trek and so they had like all these nasa engineers 
who were consultants and it's just kind of like not a bad gig that's a yeah that's a pretty good way to go <laughs> i mean it's so yeah it was definitely fantastic and the, and the more you got into it again the more it just kind of they had a lot to to i don't know they were it was great nice. i was happy with everything because in the beginning too you didn't know what to expect and so those shaky first bit of the first season where it was kind of like you're still like oh my god <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> this is great star trek yeah well i mean so, so with uh so you being a original series guy but enjoying star trek next gen right i'm curious do you have uh favorite characters uh from each from each show because i assume i assume kirk is your captain so we can forgo that question (laughs) i like kirk a lot but picard is actually my captain really yes yeah wow picard is just amazing like i love him as an actor and i love his picard as the character and the way that he commands and everything he does and like just all of it it's like i'd like to go back and honestly examine it from a some sort of decision making like if it really did follow it because it always felt like that would be something picard would do like i never sat there and was like he would never do that like it always felt like picard did the thing that needed to be done whereas kirk was just like you know well, I've, I've always described it and maybe you can, you know, weigh in on, on this particular comparison, but I've always said like Kirk was the pirate and Picard was the soldier, like yeah. the, the, the soldier yeah. sailor who like Kirk found a way out, right? Kirk found a way out of whatever yeah. situation he got in. Yeah. But Picard managed to adhere to the rules. Yeah. Diplomatic relations. Right. Still found a way out and still did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kirk is the guy at school that I kind of didn't like because he would get away with shit. <laughs> and you're like, damn it. I had done everything I was supposed to have done to get through this. All of these checks are checked off. And this guy figured out how to go right around that. And look, he's got the praise and he's like, there's Kirk. Like yep. he, and he doesn't get in trouble. Kirk for started doing his project 15 minutes ago. Right. I worked he on just, the weekend. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's not smarter than me. He just figured something. He's just witty or some charisma thing his way through this. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like, okay, fine. But the, the sooner you learn that that's going to happen in life, I guess is the best. <laughs> Some people do it. I can't. I can't say that I have I, that I have not used charm and a and a right and a really pleasing smile to get out of certain things. I do know that it works. So again, you know, when it when it's I'm not as good as I used to be at it. But yeah, Kirk was the man that did it. So if Picard, so if Picard's your captain, yes, who are you? Who are your favorite characters from TOS and uh, TNG? Um, I mean, can you narrow it down to one? That seems to be an issue for I, that's an issue hard. I have. <laughs> I mean, I love data. Um, yeah. So I can't. He's an Android robot and he's got the whole like, I like the childlike view. Anytime someone can show the child's mind in something, I always love that. That's fascinating. Um, so they use data a lot of good times by using that kind of like first experience thing which is great yeah. um 
so and Spock had some of that too because he's an outsider. Um, so both of those two characters. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this sticker on the back. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Spock and That's Data. really cool. Yep. <laughs> so both of those guys are great. Um, and I would definitely I would data is he's I, awesome. I, he, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he was because I, you know, I always think back to that one um Klingon who came to challenge him while he was sitting in 10 forward to that strength contest and, and you know of course data beats him immediately and the guy and the guy the klingon gets really upset and goes to headbutt data he does and it puts the klingon on the ground and t- data just leans forward is like my upper spinal support is a poly alloy designed to withstand extreme stress my skull is composed of cortonide and duranium yeah, basically right. saying you're lucky you didn't cripple yourself right. just then. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But still with that childlike mind. Yeah, right? it's you like, know? where what are we doing now? Like, what is this? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna analyze it and see what happens, kind of thing. And and it's always fun to see him juxtaposed with someone like Wesley, who uh, you know, who is a child, right? And sometimes Wesley seems like the adult, you know, yeah, or, or it's for sure. Picard. Well, I like it when, and I can't think of an example right off the top of my head, but I like it where it's like, okay, this is the problem that's happening, mm-hmm. and everyone's assumed a certain thing because of the the humanality of them. Right. And Data is able to come in and say, but what about this? You know, mm-hmm. and so identify something that's like, oh, we're we're applying biases or something on something that we shouldn't be and data doesn't see that and can cut through that so again i wish i had a specific example but i feel like it happened on a smaller level it was never like the solution to anything you know it's like right right yeah (laughs) i always and this was one that sticks out to me i I don't know why but it was always funny that uh data had to learn sign language really quickly and of course he learned it very quickly and then card was like were you able to download all the sign language and was like yes this means blue this means blue sky this means blue sky at sunset this is two people two people walking along the street at blue sky at sunset like he starts going and like explaining and Picard's yeah like, all right i get it <laughs> you know sign language great right thank you no, so he, with, he he's definitely my favorite for yeah. just so many because the again comedy wise mm-hmm. he had the most comedic things that happen he wanted to learn comedy. Yeah. You know, I like humor. So both, again, Spock and Data had a bunch of comedy things. So miscommunication, you know. Yeah. Well, that kind of thing. So. They're the straight man. They are right. the straight man yeah, to definitely uh, the straight man to. Uh, well, I mean, Data was the straight man to the entire ship. Whoever like. was there. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, Spock, you know, Kirk and Spock, their relationship, very yeah. much the uh, Smothers brothers of right <laughs> of Starfleet. I really like Bones and Spock together, too, yes. because he is just, I don't know, just a gruffy kind of like green blooded hobgoblin. <laughs> he just doesn't want to take any junk. And no. You know, he's just like cutting through stuff. But again, he I feel like he admires Spock a lot, too. Yeah. Uh, So it's weird to see them to get it's almost angry about it. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, you'd be so cold. (laughs) So I will have to mention 
uh, Broccoli, uh, Barkley from Next Generation. He's uh, I can't leave him out either. Because oh, yeah. Murdoch from the A-Team. There you go. <laughs> That's a great picture. Isn't that great? Uh, what is that? Uh, a friend of mine, uh, the fr- uh, friend of mine, uh, Caitlin Gettler, who did the artwork for uh, my comic, The First Adventures on Earth with Adam and Steve, was doing sort of a, uh, a warm up piece and did broccoli. Oh, my God. In a Starfleet uniform. And she posted it on Instagram and like, I knocked a few like, things. I gotta have it. Like, like trying to get to my. It was just like, please, whatever it costs, it. I'll buy it. it. Must she, have. Like, she's just like, it was a warm up thing. And I was just like, give it to me. She's like, okay, fine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> don't, hurt, don't hurt my family. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's she, perfect. She sent me this, and I've held on to it. I've had it for a few years. Um, but yeah, it's some of the Star Trek artwork that's out there is just so yes. much fun. Oh my goodness. So, and, and so funny too. There's a lot of really funny Star Trek artwork out there. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, the different series and the different characters, had you had much experience with Enterprise, the Scott Bakula series before, before I asked you to subject, <laughs> to subject yourself to this episode? Yes. Because oh, okay. it, uh, <clears throat> We watched the first two seasons of it. So when it came out, we were jazzed and that first episode comes on and then you get to the opening song and you're just like, you know, needle scratch. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh my God, they can't, can they recover from that theme song, please? (laughs) And so, you know, all that. So anyway, I remember specifically getting, I think, in the second season, have you watched yet where they turn into animals? Not yet. We haven't. Is that the second yet. season, isn't it? I'm I pretty sure so. it is. Yeah, I think that's coming up soon. So if it's not second, it's early third. But mm. we jumped ship <laughs> <laughs> around then because, again, like with this episode, there's some stuff in it. You're just like, uh, that's not a very Star Trekky solution and or way to do this and i understand that it's the first time they're out there doing this kind of stuff so yeah it's you got to think of it that way too it's not like with picard where he's had years and years of things before him that have happened then you've got kind of a rule book of oh sure well this is how to play things but this whole show can kind of be summed up in that one scene in that first iron man preparing to power down and begin diagnostics uh yeah tell you what do a weather and atc check start listening in on ground control sir there are still terabytes of calculations needed before an actual flight is a jarvis sometimes you got to run before you can walk and just ends up crashing through the roof of his house. Yes. Like that's kind of, yeah, they, they, we are running before we could crawl, but yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I mean, then the way they, I don't know what the, and maybe it calms down later, but the way they uh, treat uh, to Paul is like, I know they was like, okay, there's yeah, was yeah. a lot of it too is because of, I guess it's, she's a Vulcan and there's something up with, them and Vulcans, and so it's like he's talking down to the Vulcan too. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 
So, his, so all, his Scott Bakula's captaining does so, not make a lot of sense to me at all, actually. It, so it's also racist. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I felt like when I went, because I listened to y'all's episode about it, the first one, and I was like, okay. And then I remembered, not he was being racist to her, everyone. Yeah. Like, for a long time. Long time. Yeah. And it's like, what in the world? Like, I understand. Whew. But... <laughs> Well, it was he did Why was you know, that a thing? especially in that first episode, he did everything except tell her, hey, uh, you know, I think the cook needs some kit some help in the kitchen, honey. You know, right, hey, hey, sweetheart, if you wouldn't mind just <laughs> it was just it was so cringy. Did they address address that anytime in the first season? Did they they she doesn't get any well? I mean, there's the episode where um and it's the it's the show's commentary on date rape where she gets that that vulcan um she's uh unwilling an unwilling participant in a mind meld and it's basically the show commenting on date rape and he's first of all it's kind of like not just not just archer but like multiple people on the ship being like oh you shouldn't you know just kind of either being dismissive or telling her what to do and not long after that it's you know it does it gets better, but it doesn't excuse like <laughs> there was never even after everything was said and done. I was looking for two words out of Archer, which was I'm sorry. <laughs> like I'm right. sorry this yeah. happened. And yeah. it's never said. And it's just like, so really? Weird. Oh, man. Well, anyway, let's uh, without further <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> let's get into this week's recap. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Where's Commander Tucker? I'm here. Where's the man who used to be Charles Tucker? A new life form inhabits the crew. What's keeping them from taking all of us? This first contact. They're holding my ship hostage. Maybe their last. They're lying to us. All new Enterprise. While at warp, a huge alien vessel overtakes and swallows Enterprise, disabling the ship's engines and weapons. Sucks. When the scanners register neither the alien ship nor its numerous wisp-like beings, Archer takes Reed and Trip out the inside of the alien ship. Great. While there, Trip is visibly entered by one of the beings. Something just flew in me! Before being returned to his normal state, Doc Flox's examination reveals no lingering effects. Great. Later, Trip is possessed again. The power of Christ compels you! and is soon located in the mess hall, enjoying the simple pleasures of food. When asked the alien-possessing Trip, The power of Christ compels you! says that they are explorers who merely want to experience the tangible nature of the corporeal state they long evolved from. In exchange, the crew would be permitted to have out-of-body experiences by crossing into the incorporeal realm. Archer, doubtful of the alien's intentions, demands the release of his ship and the return of Trip's consciousness, both of which quickly happen. Enterprise is now freed, but the engines are not operational. Meanwhile, one by one, the crew starts displaying signs of possession. The power of Christ compels you! Similar events occur throughout the ship, including the takeover of Reed, Hoshi, and 22 others. Travis, pursued by one of the aliens, finds sanctuary in the catwalk. On the catwalk. So Archer orders the uninfected crew there. Paul then proposes a plan to use her more disciplined mind to try to uncover the being's intentions. Archer is opposed, but then he's not. 
T'Pol is soon overcome and discovers that the aliens plan to co-opt the 82 crew members' bodies to save themselves from their failing ship. Archer, T'Pol, and Doc Flox then hatch a plan to forcibly expel the beings by asphyxiating the infected crew. Though he has some trouble with an infected trip, Doc Flox reaches the atmospheric controls and floods the ship with carbon dioxide, and the aliens are forced to return to their ship. When the alien ship attempts to pursue Enterprise, Archer destroys it with two torpedoes. I don't care! So, this episode has <laughs> so many bad ideas yeah. implemented so well. <laughs> it's we- it was so weird. Like, okay... <laughs> One of the glaring ones at the beginning when they go out into the ship. Yeah. Within the ship, outside, into the other person's ship. Yeah. And they're standing there and the things come down. They've got their guns drawn to blast it and it takes over trip and everything and then comes out and everything. And they're just standing there asking him what happened. Like, yeah. there's a point there you're like, get the heck out. Like, right? <laughs> Like if that's an alien creature possessing your butt, grab the guy and drag him back into the shuttle. You didn't, it didn't at that time. They didn't know it could chase them through walls and stuff. I mean, that's where you just amp it right up there. Just drag him out, you know? And they like, it was start running. Like they're (laughs) start running something. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of there. I mean, they could have brought it back down and been like, oh, it's a good, it'd been a good twist, even like they're freaking out. No, they're good people, blah, blah, blah. I was on a farm or the beach or whatever he said. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, you know, they could have done, brought it back around, but right there was so weird. It's like, oh, you were just possessed? Yes, it was strange. Yeah. I was like outside of my body floating up there with those other creatures that are going to infect you. <laughs> No. Well, (laughs) let me ask you this. Have you personally ever had an out-of-body experience? Um, no, I haven't. I wish I had. Yeah. That'd be cool. My mom said she had. Really? Yeah. Like what happened? Are are you okay saying? (laughs) I mean, I don't want to force you to like this is a very personal story. No, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) My mom's (laughs) outer body experience. She saw me. No, um, yeah, she apparently passed away during some operation. They gave her too much medication or something. And so she like saw herself lifting up off the table and then they fixed it. She like sucked back into herself. She said, so, so that is wild. It is wild. I've read stuff about like where you feel detached from your body and all this kind of stuff. And you mm-hmm. just kind of dream things that make it seem like that's what's happening. But yeah, she's the only one that said she like saw a light and people and all this stuff. So wow. it was interesting. I didn't think about that as him having like a um, outer body experience going to the other side kind of thing. Was he with someone who's dead now or something? I think it was Maybe kind of a like they breaking leaves with his dad. His dad could be gone. Yeah, something like that. Just like he got all these. I thought it was weird. He mentioned hop along Cassidy. Yeah, like he he went, <laughs> like he had adventures and stuff like, like Long Ranger would have been a little more like people. <laughs> not a lot of people know who hop along Cassidy is. I'm pretty sure it hit uh, the time period. 
he was from whoever he was dealing. There was no, there's no hop along. Although I do say that I just saw there's a hop along Casty That's a TV, uh, like channel that streams hop along Casty. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so I had never, I'd seen like my dad's a Western guy. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, I thought it was weird that he's pulling out a hop, not long ranger or someone, you know, well, they they so have established period is he from? Yeah, they they have established that they have movie nights on on the ship. And it's oh, and it's mostly Westerns. They watch black and white stuff, don't they? Yeah, they watch like old black and white movies, which I guess is like, are they the hipsters? Are they like film? <laughs> are like they film buff like hipsters of like that's what it is we only watch black and white westerns on the only black and white the real ones we yeah they're yeah. they're it look once it went color it was all right. downhill from there if you can see blood it's not a real western if someone gets shot and there's blood yep fake well i um shortly after my mother passed away when i was 19 and uh i don't know that i've ever shared this on the show but like uh she died she passed away uh she was sick for a year and then boom gone like and she had gone to emory to see if she was eligible for a lung transplant and the whole thing and just never came home and like mm. it was devastating obviously yeah. and i was you know just a i was just a kid at the time and everything but um shortly after that i recall being in bed asleep and then, uh, like my bed was against a wall. So I always slept, I always slept on my one side that was always facing the wall. And I recall like sort of drifting off to sleep, but then feeling the mattress sink down as if someone had like knelt or sat on the edge of the bed. And then that's when I went into my out of body experience of being like floating in the middle of the room seeing the bed and me laying in the bed but seeing my mother sitting on the edge of the bed wow and she and i hear her talk and she's talking to me but doesn't realize i'm i'm floating behind her yes <laughs> and she kind of you know she she wow. said some she said some very comforting things and you know hey look i she said something along the lines of you know i know we didn't get to say goodbye and i know you're very angry but just just understand that everything's okay i've seen the end of the story everything's going to be fine and uh you know and then she when she got up you know i went right back into my body and i turned and she was gone like wow and that yeah yeah and it that's was, pretty fantastic actually it was it was very <laughs> well it was very it was very yeah. that's what i was about to say that's like amazing and mate i don't know man i i, I think that that's really awesome um thing to experience and again i keep thinking of like dream states yeah when you have these dream states you could do that kind of stuff you know <laughs> you can yeah. spin yourself around in the in the moment but when you when you hear uh things like that that are so specifically you know yeah it's wild because i mean it, it calls into question like the na the the notions of consciousness and the notions of right. reality and the you know this world and and whatever lies beyond you know i yeah. mean and that's not even taking into account any sort of 
religious point of view right exactly yeah you know it's just at all so wild and yeah so that i mean and so they were like oh this is a great idea we will barely even use this concept yeah yeah instead instead. i mean i didn't even think of it as like an outer body experience thing i thought of it as like just being possessed by an alien and then my consciousness is out there floating and it's just like the synapses are all firing at once. So I'm seeing everything kind yeah. of thing. That's yeah. what I was thinking that was happening to him, but it would have been cooler to be like, Hey, this is a outer body experience, uh, kind of really what's kind of happening. Yeah. Um, that would have been neat. And no, yeah. and if it's, and like, if that Who wrote this again, you were going to go over that later. Oh yeah, it's uh you know but, Berman and Braga and then uh, Andre Bormanis and yeah and yeah we'll get they would have done that's what doesn't make sense those guys are amazing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know <laughs> it has to be the director's fault I blame the director you know there's been a few instances where we've had an episode well um the episode where they go on shore leave two days and two nights it's a standard episode so we're talking forty four minutes and a couple commercial breaks like. But you have Archer who gets involved with a plot that's been established over a few episodes. You get Hoshi who gets down and dirty with, uh, you know, with, a, a, you know, a local who, you know, we see her break herself off a piece. Good for her. <laughs> and um, and then we get the comedy. We get the buddy comedy of Trip and Reed trying to go have, uh, you know, uh, basically trying to have their version of the hangover movie right um, which which goes about as well as the hangover movie does and then we also but we also have like travis who breaks his leg and then catches a disease and like has trouble getting back to the ship like oh my goodness you had not just an a plot and a b plot but you also had a c plot and a d plot and i feel like because they tried to cram all of that into 44 minutes like nobody got their just due And I feel like there was so much that could have been unpacked in this episode. And they did, you know, and they know it was like all of it. Like, okay, you could have cut, you could have cut five minutes of them trying to get the doctor to undo the dang panel. Like, I I don't know how fresh you watched this, but I was trying to, (laughs) to get it, get over with it, watching it. And he was having trouble opening the panel to f- get in there and adjust the settings for the air. It's it and should be, it should be like, noted. It should be you noted should use your foot for leverage. That it's, was a line from it. Yeah. And he was like, he doesn't, it says good idea. Because the idea. Com- comedy was that he pulled the panel off and fell on his butt. So you got a little joke in there. Look, he fell down. Prattful. But it's a pratfall. Yeah. You got to have a pratfall. <laughs> Before that, it was take the panel off. What should I do with the panel? Put it on the floor. Like, is the doctor an idiot? Well, it should be noted that Denobulan doctors have not been introduced to the concept of righty tighty lefty loose. <laughs> and that's that's part of that part of the, <laughs> part of the, the problem was like, 
This is established Earth directions for undoing things. They're too busy attaching leeches to things and uh, stuff like that. Rubbing leaves, rubbing leaves on stuff. There's no, there's no tray in this room for me to lay something on that I'm working with. What do I do with the panel? What do you do with the panel? Like what? The panel should have been off. Like you don't even ask. Yeah, you're taking the, the panel should have been gone, and you're asking like. So there's five minutes of something else. I mean, yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. And even like, I don't know, man. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's like really could have been done where they're just spinning tires on other things, and you're like, you could have. I mean, you could have shown some inner struggle weirdness where she's talking to this thing in her brain and you're like doing some sort of director cut like foggy weird like she's talking in this space and it's like it's like i don't know something wacky weird would have fit right there they didn't do anything but show her standing there still it's like she's having a battle with a corporeal being in her brain and we there's nothing yeah yeah nothing uh, well i mean and the fact that okay they flooded they flooded the ship with carbon dioxide didn't lose anybody apparently like they were able to yes i will be able to whatever restore them in well, time. I, I have i have these leeches and i'll just attach them to and it'll take care of the carbon dioxide in their system and then after that we'll rub some leaves on them and yeah they'll be fine the ending of it being we have a lot of doors to unlock that was the end of the those were the last words yeah yeah they were going to save everybody we get nothing else well and i think it's also i think it's also really- <laughs> they blew up the <laughs> They blew up the ship. You maniacs! You blew it up! Damn you! Hold on, hold on. So first of all, because it's such a... These people's ship is... uh, They can't fix it. So don't offer to help. Yep. (laughs) So here's... So here's... Look, you possess... The first person you possessed was our engineer. Did you not glean any knowledge from him? Just Western movies. Food. That's all you got. Food West, and Western Westerns. Western movies and catfish. Congratulations. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- <laughs> God damn you all to hell. But here's the thing. And I've mentioned this on the show before of like Archer, captain of the Enterprise, is essentially a step above a pilot. And he's the diplomatic representative for earth like all right fire torpedoes <laughs> yeah pretty much oh my god well, the, could we not the, have figured out something else <laughs> i mean yeah yeah and I, the ship was big and took them in and disabled their engines and like they could like the, the engines are just not working anymore like not i can't fix them because <laughs> yeah. there's no evidence of how they're broken and yeah. not working oh, and like all of that like you've got 50 different things here you could have just cut out and just yeah don't even have them have sh- well I guess they're trapped and they need help with the ship i don't know it's just <laughs> <laughs> there's another way to do it guys well as we what as if we- it was just one person laying on a table and, and just trying to fight this creature in their head and having conversations with this, you know, thing. And yeah. like, 
just going through that in there an episode of next generation where someone's in a like outer body experience thing and oh i think so yeah, yeah. i think data i think at one point i think at one point almost everyone gets possessed on yeah. the enterprise d the power of christ compels you like kind it's the most thing, yeah if if you didn't get possessed but you happen to be a ghost like bev will take care of that for you right um <laughs> so as we do with every episode (laughs) we ask who do we blame uh this story was uh this episode was written by rick berman and brandon braga their last episode was uh season two episode 14 stigma the uh it was also penned by andre bormanis who we've discussed on the show before his last uh episode writing was season two episode eight the communicator that's where reed forgot his cell phone on a pre-warp uh society another brilliant move by the nxo one crew and of course the teleplay was penned by uh berman and braga the director of this episode was david livingston whose uh last episode directing uh also season two episode 14 stigma and then uh we're pretty light on the guest stars this week it's uh once again mr joseph will as crewman michael rostov we've seen him before uh in voxala and as i mentioned before the episode two days and two nights uh, but this is the last of his three episode stint on Star Trek Enterprise. So, Mr. Joseph Will, thank you so much for your contributions to the franchise. Good day, sir. Yeah. And, and <laughs> good day. <laughs> I said good day. Um, so uh, any final thoughts, Chris, about this uh, about this episode? <laughs> I mean, I'm shocked because Brandon Bragg, Brick Burton, those guys, they made the best next generation episodes ever yeah yeah they did you know it was him and it was them and like ronald d moore for you know who was you know largely responsible for bsg the the reboot of bsg and uh battlestar galactica if you don't know what BSG. oh there you go yeah. um and uh yeah it's it, i mean we've we've discussed uh you know from a production standpoint this series you know just kind of felt it felt forced and it felt unnecessary. And because of where it fell in the history of television production, it wasn't solely an episodic structured series, but at the same time, it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a uh, fully serialized series either in seasons three and four, they start to pick up a little bit more of that. And you see a lot of two episode and three episode mini arcs back to back. But uh, at this time, we're still dealing with a lot of, uh, the term that's been coined freak of the week type episodes. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this one, this one really had some growing pains, which I mean, the TNG era, TNG era being next gen deep space nine and Voyager. All right. By the time they got to, you know, deep space nine and Voyager, like they had a pretty good idea, a pretty good game plan of right. how things go. And uh, you know, they followed suit and it was, and they, and those series are great. But I blame they, the director on this. I really do. Yeah, <laughs> there are there are a lot of instances where I've seen directors who have an eye for story and they're able to make stuff work in a script that's maybe not as strong. And, you know, there's ways to do that with character moments. There's ways to do that with special effects. There's ways to do that with certain camera shots and certain sound mixing, sound editing, you know, running a podcast. And, you know, the editing that you've done, video, audio, otherwise, I'm sure you can tell, like, you know, editing 
is a very important part of oh yeah it's huge story yes yeah so when we see stuff like this where it's just like oh this didn't work and this didn't work and this didn't work and where do we put the panel that we just yanked off the wall like (laughs) why are we talking about that like (laughs) it seems like someone should have just you know and i've made the joke before but it seems like you know they're shooting in hollywood go over to the comedy store right all the comedians i guarantee you there's some sci-fi nerd who could you, you guys couldn't hire Pat Oswald or Brian Posehn to come in and punch <laughs> some stuff up for you, really? Um, yeah, I just feel like there's like there's moments like I, I was saying in the beginning of it where they're standing there and they just got he just got possessed and he's come, you know, yeah, and he's had that like they weren't even freaking out, really. Nope. Just like moth, that's the director to the flame just it's that's so just beautiful. the direct that's the that's on the director like he's yeah. the one that should have said guys you need to freak out a little bit and be backing up like yep. you already drove you drag your you got your weapons out you're there out yeah <laughs> so you know that you're in the fence we're not going to stand here and have uh let's walk down memory lane with you and hop on cassidy here yeah. at so, a moment this is a back so you, up like as you're going through the ship Let's do this scene as we're going to the ship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, you know those phasers you got in your hands? Okay. Lift it up. <laughs> point it at the thing. Okay. Here's a tennis ball on a right. stick, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Point it right here. <laughs> I think that moment was stand that stood out hugely. The rest of it was just like a lot of back and forth kind of like they they wanted to show the kind of this alien wants to experience human life which we've seen a million times yeah so like seeing him sitting there with all the food on the table not really shocking it's like of course now if it was like a table just flooded with different food and he's like i mean he's just yeah completely coated with like because he's not even operating this arms and like yeah that's the director uh, (laughs) i'm sure the writers should have said and he's got it all over him because why wouldn't you just be shoveling crazy stuff in they call this soup but maybe that's me wanting that uh you know yeah yeah well next week we are going to have a very special very all the episodes are special, but this one's going to be special because we will be joined by my boss, my friend, local legal counsel, Alex Kornfeld, attorney at law for the trial of Captain Jonathan Archer in Enterprise Season 2, Episode 19, Judgment, which is available on Hulu, Amazon Prime, and of course on Paramount+. Plus. Chris, where can people find your work and support you on the internet? All over the place. I am just, the internet is my home. So you can just <laughs> basically open a browser and there I am. Um, you can go to jchriscampbell.com, which is my main kind of home. Mm-hmm. And it's got links to stuff. But um, I'm mostly active right now on Instagram doing a comic strip because Instagram allows you to have 10 panels, yep. you know? Yeah. So I was like, finally can do, cause I never did like the forcing a comic into one picture square thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's really hard. It is. very. And so the 10 panel thing, I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I played around with it and I, I'm enjoying it. So I think I'll keep doing that. So you can go on there, 
my uh the name for that is at Nidobot. so i think you can also search i'm terrible on how to find people on these things <laughs> like you can search j chris campbell and find me but i think if you go at Nidobot, you'll definitely pull that up so nice. yeah the comic strip is called hi everyone it's a robot who talks about um science and uh then it devolves into some stupid joke about uh depression or something anyway <laughs> so i'm doing that right now you can also go to talkaboutrobots.com and that is a it was a live uh broadcast that i did with my kids it was a show where i got to talk about robots but kind of like this show it's uh is just a little bit about robots because my kids took over with their puppets. So (laughs) one of them is a robot that thinks is a dragon. And then there's a mythical uh, unicorn. Um, (laughs) That sounds so much fun, man. So talkaboutrobots.com has seasons one, two, and I got to put season three up there. And then there's a back to school special. So there's that. And basically that's all the kind of active current stuff I've got going on. I've got some other things I'm hoping to have done by the end of the year, but if I don't, then I'll just hold it till next year. So I can't really. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know? So, yeah, that's great. But yeah. So those are the two main kind of things you can go check out right now. Nice. And where can people bother you personally online? Um, I'm on, again, I am on Facebook and get messages through that, but I'm usually on Instagram a lot. So you can message me on there for sure. You know, send me some messages through that, or you can comment or share the things I post, which would be great. Yeah. You know, that's always good. Awesome. And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in 10 forward. subspace transmissions to computer resume podcast at gmail.com or at computer resume on facebook twitter and instagram the computer resume podcast was created and produced by mr todd a davis our logo was designed by will martin and justin bishop the opening theme was produced by justin bishop our outro music was provided with permission by drone node additional music was provided by mr todd a davis and gary horn and i'm cat davis at that dot darn dot cat with a k on Instagram, the Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods. And we're going to find a brand new race. God damn you all to hell.